Well, good morning, good morning. And uh, I love, I love that story. And um, uh, Donna and Amelia, thank you all for sharing that. Thank you for doing what we, um, we say we're about at Trinity Church, and that is disciple making and making disciples. And so, um, and many of you um, are doing the same thing. You're meeting with someone, you're talking about scripture, you're pouring over it, and you're asking questions about the Word of God and seeing where it intersects with your life. And uh, so some of you are doing that, and others are saying, man, I think I want to take the plunge. I think I want to actually do that. It, it's, again, it, it's a simple process. And, um, and so, Don and Amelia, thank you for modeling that for, um, for us. And so for those of you who are <clears throat> present, thank you for being a part of this church, and for those who are online, we, uh, we, welcome, we welcome you. So let me ask a question. Start off with a question. So, so over the last, uh, we're in a larger series called Do One Thing. So one of the things that we want people to do, we want people to take their next step, whatever your next step is, um, in certain areas of, of spiritual disciplines or spiritual movement. So the first, uh, the first month, we, uh, we talked about identity. Who we are determines what we do. So if because we are followers of Jesus, because we are new creatures in Christ, it impacts how we live. At least it should impact how we live. And so this month we've been talking about Bible engagement. How do we actually look at the Bible, the Word of God, as food for us? We would not dare think of not, we would not dare think of going a day without eating food unless, you know, we're fasting or something along those lines. But typically we eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And so um, if that is true of physical food, it should also be true of spiritual food, that you and I, in order for us to be strong in our relationship with God, then spiritual food, which is the word of God, should, we should be eating it on a regular basis because it makes us strong. It actually helps us to live like God desires us to live. And so today we're going to continue that. Uh, we're going to continue that. And that is understanding the word of God as food. But we're going to take a little different shift. We're going to kind of go back to the beginning, how uh, kind of how food is, uh, is, how food actually comes to us. But let me ask this question. Let me ask a question. Um, so what do you do to keep your plants alive and healthy? What do you do to keep your grass alive and healthy? What do you do to keep your flowers alive and healthy? Just, I want you to answer back. What do you do to keep all of that healthy? You water it. You water your plants. You water your grass. Uh, you water your flowers. What else do we do to, um, to actually have healthy plants, healthy flowers, healthy grass? You prune. Some people prune their, um, their, if you have blueberry bushes, you prune those strawberry trees and bushes, you prune those things, all right? So what else do you do? You fertilize. You fertilize. You add something that helps things to grow. You fertilize your grass. You fertilize your flowers. You fertilize your plants. Anybody else? What, what, just, I mean, let's just kind of some other things you do to, to cause things to grow. You smell them. Oh, so you, the fragrance, so you, 
So I'm, I'm trying to, so I can smell plants and they would grow. Okay, so the fragrance of the plants grow. Okay, all right, very good. Now, my mother did talk to plants. Now, again, I, I thought she was out of her mind, but she talked to her plants. And um, I just didn't understand that. And, and, but they grew. Like, like, like I, I don't know. So I don't know. So well, why are we talking about this? Well, there's a very, there's a correlation between dirt and growth. There's a, there's a connection between dirt and the word of God. There's a connection between dirt and your and my growth in our relationship with God. And Jesus actually helps us to see that in this story, this, this story that he tells in Mark 4. Some of you are very, very familiar with this story. Again, this is not going to be new information. I want to let you know up front, this is probably one of the simplest messages you'll ever hear. It's not hard to understand at all. The hard part is actually applying it to our lives. All right, so if you have a copy of the scriptures, turn with me to Mark chapter 4. If you're looking on the Bible that the church provides, it's page 839. 839, Mark chapter 4, the verses will be on the, the screen as well. But I want us to see it in scripture. So if you, again, if you have a copy, uh, whether it's on your phone or whether it is on your tablet, I want us to see the passage um, itself. So this is what it says. Again, he, that is Jesus, began to teach beside the sea. And a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, listen, very important word, a sower went out to sow. As he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain, and other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and even and, and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him listen. Verse 10, it says, And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, uh, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables so that they may indeed see but not perceive and many indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you not, how then will you understand all parables? 
The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no root in themselves but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. That's the story. Very simple story. So let me ask a question. Let me ask a couple of questions. What do you like about this passage? When you read this passage, you hear this story, you hear the, what do you like about this passage? I, just, I really want you to respond. What do you like about this passage? It's relatable. Very good. It's relatable. I can understand it. It's a, Jesus told this story because he was able to relate to farmers. It was an agrarian society. He was able to actually relate to those that were his audience. What else do you like about this passage? They all grow. Okay, very good. That's a very interesting concept, very interesting, interesting perspective. They all grow in some way. What else do you like about this passage? I'm sorry? It has hope. Okay, very good. It has hope. Somebody else, what do you like about this passage? Then we'll move on. Okay, his explanation. So Jesus gives an explanation. Sometimes Jesus says things like, man, I have no idea what he's talking about, and he doesn't give an explanation. But in this case, he gives an explanation of what he's talking about. So let me ask, what bothers you about this passage? And I know we're in church, but you can actually say, what bothers you about this passage? What bothers you about this passage? You told me what you like about it, but what bothers you about this passage? Thorny, the thorny ground, okay, we're going to get to that, so that bothers you about the passage. What else bothers you about this passage? He didn't give. He didn't give the others an explanation. Wow, that's really good. I had never thought of that, but he didn't give everybody an explanation, which we're going to talk about in just a few minutes. What else bothers you about this passage? Okay, not everyone is going to be successful or not everyone is going to actually have, um, it's, it's falling on good soil, right? Okay, what else, do you, what else bothers you about this passage? Okay, you see yourself in some of it. That bothers you about this passage. It bothers me about this passage because I see myself in this passage as well and um, it's going to bother you even more once, you, once we understand a little bit more about this passage. All right, so, so, so when, when Jesus tells this story, and I'm in your notes now, he, he tells it in a parable. And a parable is just simply a story that has a, it has a general meaning, but it also has a spiritual meaning. It is a story. It is a story that is accessible to those 
who are listening. So, so parables, Jesus, this is one of the parables that Jesus told, but this is the beginning of a lot of parables or stories that Jesus told. And so, to, so he actually tells us why he tells parables, and that's found in verses 10 through 12. And when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parables, and he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables so that they might indeed see but not perceive and may indeed hear but not understand lest they should turn and be forgiven. Now, here's the key. Now, that sounds kind of weird because it sounds like Jesus doesn't want people to actually turn and be forgiven, but that's not what he's saying. What he is saying is, I'm telling parables for two reasons. One, to reveal. One reason is to conceal. And here's the reason. I'm telling parables to reveal. Why? Because there are people who are listening and they want to obey God. They are responsive to the message of God. And so they want to hear. They want fruit to grow in their lives. But then he says, I am telling these stories to conceal. Why? Because even when I tell the story, they resist the word of God. They actually say, I don't want to do it. And so Jesus is saying, why would I reveal something to someone who have no, no uh, intention on actually doing it? So Jesus tells parables to reveal to those who are responsive to the message. And then he conceals the message for those who say, listen, you can tell all the stories you want to, and I'm still not doing it. So that's the reason he tells the parables. So here's the cheat code to the here's the cheat code to the the story itself. The seed is the word of God. Seed is the word of God. Seed that's scattered. The sower are believers who actually share the word of God with others. So if you are sharing the word of God with your friends, sharing the word of God with your family, you are one of God's farmers. You are a sower of the word of God. So the seed is the word of God. The sower are individuals who share the word of God with others. Like right now, I am, I am actually casting seed right now. And then the soil, here it is, the soil is the condition of our hearts. It's the condition of our hearts. All right, so this is what Jesus, Jesus says. Okay, check this out. So I'm going to tell you a story. So he starts telling the story. He said, hey, there's a farmer who has seed. And uh, he starts scattering the seed Sorry, Dave. Operations. He starts scattering the seed literally everywhere. Scatters the seed. And some of the seed falls in four different places. So everybody in this room right now, these represent your heart and my heart. So the first one, Jesus says, hey, listen, seed fell on the path. 
and the path is considered what we call hard soil. And it falls on hard soil, and the hard soil represents a hard heart. That is, individuals who are resistant to the word of God, Jesus, I don't, you're not the answer for my life. I am resistant to the word of God. I am going to hear a message, and I don't want to have anything to do with it. I am not going to do it. And he says, it falls on, hard, the seed falls on hard soil, and Part of the danger of this is because it doesn't go down, Satan is kind of, is, suggest, is the bird. He comes and he snatches the seed out of our ears and out of our hearts and out of our lives. Why does he do it? He understands that if this seed ever got in our lives, if it ever went deep in our hearts, it could actually revolutionize, it could actually transform our lives, our minds, our destiny. It could actually transform our legacies. Many of us have legacies of alcoholism and abuse in our background, our grandparents, our mothers, our fathers. And Satan says, if they ever hear the word of God and let it go deep in their lives, their entire lineage could be changed. And he says, I don't want that to happen. So what he does is he creates a barrier. He creates resistance in our hearts. And you and I have all kinds of excuses why Jesus is not the answer. We have all kinds of excuses why the word will not go deep in our lives. And we live our lives not ever receiving and experiencing the fruit that God wants us to experience. So Jesus says, some of the seed fell on the path. Some of you right now in this room, some of the people online right now, some of the people you're friends with right now, they are, you are resistant to the word of God. Some of you are here today, and maybe because you came with a friend, and maybe because your wife or your husband bugged you, you're here today, but you have no intention on hearing the word of God. Why? Because this is just what we do. We come to church, and it's what we do, and Satan says, I'm going to pick it out. And you and I will miss everything that God has for us. So some of it fell on the path. Some of the seed that, the, that was scattered by the farmer, the sower, fell on what we call rocky ground or shallow ground. And it's shallow because there's dirt here, but there's rock underneath. And because there's rock underneath, the seed cannot get down and into, into the, the ground and have rootedness. And so the seed that fell among the rock is it springs up with a sense of joy and gladness. That's what the text says. But when stuff gets hard, we just say, you know something, I didn't really sign up for the whole cross thing. I didn't really sign up for the whole deny yourself thing. I thought Jesus was going to give me all the good stuff. I thought I could just put my coins in the vending machine, hit it a little bit, get my famous Amos cookies, and be good. And so we have a consumeristic mindset. And so when we start living the word and stuff gets tough, we say, you know something, 
I'm bowing out. Check this out. This just really came to me. COVID was a, an, an, an opportunity for people to say, you know something, whoa, I'm not really into the whole church thing anyway. I just kind of went. And when life got really hard, the seed didn't grow. So that's the, that's the rocky. It's the rocky part. Some, some of you are in the, in the room right now, you had an emotional experience, and that was great. But then when you start hearing the word, you remember what Micah talked about last week when Micah said they heard the word and Jesus says, eat my flesh and drink my blood. And, and, and a lot of them started walking away because that was a hard teaching. And sometimes when the teaching of Jesus gets hard, people who say they're believers, they walk away. So that's the that's the. That's the seed. I told you this was a very simple message. Jesus gave us the explanation. So that's the seed that fell among the rock. And then he says there's a third group. There's a third group. The seed fell among thorns or thorny soil. And the thorny soil is the, is the crowded heart. So this is the hard heart. This is the shallow heart. There's no rootedness. This is, the, this is the crowded heart. And the reason why it's crowded is because the text says that seed fell among the thorns. They started growing up. But because there were a lot of other things planted in that soil, Jesus actually tells us what's planted in that soil. The deceitfulness of riches. The... Um, um, the, other, the other things, the cares of the world, they also were planted in this soil. So when the word of God starts growing, those other things begin to crowd out the word of God. I want to make money so it crowds out the word of God. I want to be popular so it crowds out the word of God. I want to be an influencer so it crowds out the word of God. I want the corner office so it crowds out the word of God. So that's the thorns. The thorns grow up with the word of God, and it begins to choke it. And so money becomes more important than the master. Worries become more important than worship. And so, so Jesus says there are individuals who hear the word, take it in, but man, the cares of the world actually choke out the word. And then he says there's a fourth group. There's a fourth group where, where the seed goes deep. And there's hearing and responding and obedience to the word of God. And there are many people in this room right now. The word of God has gone deep in your life and you're beginning to see the fruit. Donna and Amelia, they are examples of that. Donna says the word of God is going deep and I want to share it with someone else. And so the word of God goes deep and then there's the fruit that comes from it. And then people eat from our lives the fruit that is growing in our lives. So we hear the word and say, and you begin asking, how can I apply this? And so I want to I practice the 24-hour rule. When I hear something, I want to actually try it out the moment I hear it. 
I want to share it with someone else, or I want, to, I want to actually forgive someone if I hear a message on forgiveness, or I want to actually pray if I hear a message on prayer. I want to actually begin reading the Word of God if I hear a message on Bible engagement. I want to actually live out my identity when I hear a message about identity. So I told you, this is a very, this is a very, very simple message. Jesus says four types of people. People who are resistant to Jesus, people who are resistant to the word, they hear it, falls along the path, Satan steals it. Why? Because Satan knows that if, you, if this word ever metabolizes in your life, your life will be different. Your family will be different. Your job will be different. So what does he do? He snatches it. You know how he works? He works behind the scenes. Like you're listening to a message right now. You're listening to me talk right now. And some of you are saying, whew, I can't wait to get out of here because, man, I want to eat. Now, I think that's Satan behind the scenes. Now, it could be that you didn't eat breakfast too, so you're hungry. But I think that's also Satan behind the scenes. Trying to convince you that you don't really need this. I think he does this as well. Oh, I've heard this story so many times. So the familiarity with the Bible, actually, he snatches it and he says, ah, yeah, you're familiar with it. And I think he keeps us from listening. Individuals like, man, I, like, man, I, I am really, like, I, just give me the easy part, Marvin. Give me the easy part. Tell me that God loves me. God loves me. Keep telling. He does. But he also requires something from us as well. There's some hard stuff that Jesus asks us to do. Then there are individuals who say, you know something? Man, right now you're carrying, you're worrying about so you're carrying so much weight right now. You're carrying about money. And again, I, I totally, I get it, I get it, I get it. And it chokes out the word. You know, the interesting thing is there are three enemies before you get here. There are three enemies to this. Satan, our flesh, and the world's values. Satan keeps you from getting here. Our flesh, the sinful nature, keeps us from getting here. I'm tired. Oh, man, I'm tired. I, I don't want to deal with this anymore. And the worldly values keep us from actually producing good fruit. So every day you and I wake up, and every time we come in this place, we're going to have to contend with three enemies that keep the word from growing and for there being fruit in our lives. So I want, to ask, I want to ask a friend of mine to come up. Uh, Ross, if you can come up. Everybody give Ross a, a big hand as he comes up. <clears throat> Ross is a part of our church, and Ross is a hobby farmer. So, Ross, tell us what a hobby farmer is. Uh, a hobby farmer, uh, to me, is um, I just love uh, growing fruits and vegetables more than what I can consume. So... Uh, we have a place out in Williamston, a few acres, and uh, I'm just really intentional about growing a lot of produce. Okay, so yeah. what is your day job? So my day job, I'm in sales, and then in, 
in the evenings and the weekends, and um, I do work out in the yard and till the soil and, and grow vegetables. Okay, very cool. <laughs> so, um, so what do you grow in your, in your spare time as a hobby farmer? So I have some fruit trees, some blueberry bushes, uh, cucumbers, tomatoes, peppers, potatoes, pretty much anything you'd buy at the store, I'm trying to grow. Dude, you're not a hobby farmer. That's <laughs> like a real farmer. You got a lot of stuff there. So I've had his, his uh, tomatoes and squash and absolutely love it. Love it. All right. So, so you, you hear a, a message like this. You talk about, you know, the different soils. Tell me what goes through your mind when you hear something like this. Yeah, definitely. So the soil is, is so important to growing. I mean, obviously you have the water and, and you have your good sunlight and good conditions, but the, uh, the soil is the most important thing on having a good harvest. Um, you know, the soil, the, you know, the hard soil, you have to have good aerated soil. You have to put good nutrients in it. Uh, each plant um, likes different kinds of nutrients, so it's really a long process and and it's a science. So what is, what is a sign that your soil is good? Well, let, let's, go, let's go back. Yeah. What is a sign that your, your soil is not good or unhealthy or contaminated? Yeah, so if, if you have a lot of disease, your plants um, are wilting, they got a lot of disease, your, your leaves are yellowing um, or brittle, you know, obviously it's the plant's telling you it's sick. It, it, needs, it needs nutrients, it needs better soil to grow. Okay, so how do you know then that your plants and your, uh, your soil is a healthy soil? So it's, it's pretty obvious. If you have a good, good harvest, a good crop, you know your, your soil is good. Uh, and also if you have a lot of like worms in your soil, you know, a lot of activity, you know, it's a good healthy ecosystem as well. Okay, so how do you, how do you if, if we wanted to, you know, if we wanted to become hobby farmers, um, what would we need to do to cultivate the soil in order for it to be good soil in order to get good crops? Yeah, so you would definitely want to do a soil sample, you know, study your soil, you know, look at what crops, you know, like certain kind of nutrients and make sure you have that. Um, it's definitely, a, you know, a big process and it's, uh, you know, takes a lot of time and effort. Yeah. So, so, um, so if, if, you want, um, if you want fruits and vegetables, this is the man <laughs> to see. Uh, uh, listen, Ross, thank you. Thank you for not only sharing what you do, but also sharing the fruit that grows in your, your yard and your property, sharing with, with others. And so, everybody, let's give Ross a big Thanks. round of applause. Thank Thanks, you. Mark. Thank you so much. So when you, when you, some of the things you heard Ross say, tell me, tell me what you heard Ross say about what we just talked about. It's a process. It takes work. It's a process. Back here. It takes work. Absolutely. Time. You have to invest in the soil. What's that? You have to examine the soil to make sure to see if it's healthy or if it's unhealthy. I heard somebody, somebody back here. You have to make sure it's healthy. What's that? Share it with others. Yeah, the, the, fruit, the fruit determines the health of the soil. Enjoys it? Yep, absolutely. What's that? The soil is living. 
nurture it. Get out of bed and work. <laughs> Need to educate yourself. The soil is the most important part. What's that? Learn about crops. So you, this, again, I told you this is a very simple message, right? Very, very simple message. If you haven't forgiven somebody, your fruit is bad, which means your soil is bad. If, if you are worried about, um, if you're worried about making money, hand over fist, yada, yada, like, like you can't get to the word of God like you should, it could be that your soil is bad because the fruit is bad. If you are, if you are lacking self-control, probably is a sign that the fruit is bad. That's the fruit, the self-control, or lack of self-control is the fruit, which goes back to the soil. The soil is probably diseased. If you have love for no one, love for, if you have love for no, if you, if you don't have love for people who are different than you, that's bad fruit, which suggests that the soil is bad. Jesus made this very, very simple. If you're walking around with anger, outbursts of anger, that's bad fruit. More than likely, the soil is bad. If you are consistently, consistently, whether it's, it's engaging in... Um, websites that you shouldn't, that's bad fruit. It's not judgment. It's not condemnation. Just simply saying, that's the fruit. And the fruit is coming from the soil. The, the farmer just told us. Jesus just told us. If, if, if you are... Um, Sexually active with someone who is not your uh, who is not your spouse. That's fruit coming from bad soil. Just keeping it one hundred. Check the fruit. The fruit is connected to the soil. And a good way to check the fruit. Yes, you can do self evaluation. But one of the things that I would do is I would ask the people who are closest to me, what fruit do you see in my life? The good or the bad? Good fruit. If you're forgiving people, quickly forgive. If you're unoffendable, that's good fruit. That's good fruit coming from seeds that have, been, uh, seeds that have gone deep in the soil. If you're loving people who are different than you are and you have compassion for people who are different than you are, man, that is good fruit. If you are quick to forgive and quick to, if you are generous with your resources, the, the resources that God has given you, your money, your home, your car, listen, that is good fruit. The seeds just suggest that the seeds have gone down deep and people are eating from good fruit. 
All I'm saying is Jesus gave us a very simple message. Seeds fall everywhere. Hard paths, rocky path, shallow, thorny, crowded, good fruit, or good soil that produces good fruit. So the question that I ask myself, that I'm asking myself, Marvin, where are you? And you, can, you and I can be in one of these areas in certain areas of our lives. So the question is, where do you find yourself here? Again, please hear me. No condemnation, no judgment. This is just a simple message to say, how do we start at the beginning? The word of God is food. The word of God as food has to first become a seed, seed that's planted, and then a seed that begins to grow so that others may eat from the fruit from our lives. Amen? That's all I have, and uh, that's all I have. So um, I'm going to ask our prayer team and elders and deacons to come forward, and if you have a prayer request, if you want to go deeper and say, I, I need to examine the soil, my heart is not right, the soil is diseased, prayer team members, elders, we can go after it, we want to go after that even this morning. So let's stand and uh, let's have a closing, closing prayer. So let's pray. Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for revealing to us, all of us in this room, where we might be, certain areas of our lives. Maybe we are resistant to your word. So we ask that you would soften our hearts. God, we, we, we maybe had an emotional experience with your word, but when things got tough, we kind of stumbled and fell. And so we ask that you would give us perseverance even during the hard parts of your word. God, we, there are some in the room, like all of us, we, there are so many things that crowd out your word. So many things. And so we ask that you would clear the way and give us singular focus so that we might um, have a perspective from your word about all the things we're worried about. And then, God, for those, um, those seeds that are producing good fruit in our lives, we thank you for that. We thank you for the courage of those to obey. We thank you for the courage of those in the room to say yes, giving them, for, for them to give you their yes. And I pray even now, God, that you would help all of us to give our yes to you in those areas where we were resistant so that we might have good fruit. Thank you for farmers everywhere who do the, the work in the soil every day so that we might have physical food. And thank you for small group leaders and parents who are, who are tilling the soil and sharing the seed with their kids and husbands and wives, sharing the seed of the word with their spouses, and that's producing good fruit. And so, God, we ask that you would make us all good farmers. Pray that you would give, change the condition of the soil of our hearts so that we might produce 30, 
60, even 100-fold. Thank you for Trinity Church. Thank you for your people. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Have a great week.